And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Seven fifty-five is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty is on the air now. Welcome back to Seven Fifty-Five is Real. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer for the Athletic. I'm with the co-host Eric O'Flaherty, former Braves reliever. What's going on, Eric? Ah, uh, moving, moving into a new house. It's not I was fun. Like, yeah, I, I don't ever want to do that. I, I hope I don't have to because, uh, yeah, you accumulate a lot of shit, don't you? Oh, my God. It's good. It's good to move because you get rid of half your stuff. But... <laughs> I could use that part of it. Yeah. Forced to. Uh, well, the day has finally arrived. Uh, Freddie Freeman's return. Uh, man, I just want to get it out of the way, you know? I'm so yeah. tired of talking about it and anticipating what's going to happen. But uh, I'm either totally naive or I have a better – I have my thumb on the pulse of the crowd and Atlanta metropolitan area and, and Braves nation than most people on Twitter do. I think it's probably the latter because I I'm stunned that there are people who think Freddie Freeman's going to get booed more than he's cheered. And that just, that's totally stuns me. And I think they could not be more wrong. Let's see. I'll find out, but I, there's I think no chance. That, I agree. I, I think there is no chance I think it's going to be a scattering of booze from some really negative people or and or some people who have uh, believed the wrong things that they've read about how this transpired. But uh, I, I think that to equate this with, say, Tom Glavin coming back, totally wrong because I think people forget that Tom Glavin was painted. It was a villain in a lot of people's eyes because of his labor, uh, his, his involvement with the, with the union as a union leader. And I think that was more than anything was why Tom got booed when he came back. When Andy chose to go to the Braves rival, the Mets, you know, when it came down to it. So there were some contributing factors, but I just don't see it as the same scenario at all. I I don't either. You know, it's, it's tough to, it's tough to gauge what you can't use Twitter as a gauge. No. I was, ta- I was actually talking with a, a dude that, you know, you know when people tell you they're Braves fans. I meet people and they're like, "Oh, I was a huge Braves fan," and then ten minutes later, they ask me if I'm right-handed or left-handed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I know I'm not a huge deal, but if you watch the team and you're a huge fan, you would have known I was lefty because they're for seven years. You know, but I was talking to this guy last night, and I'd even just mentioned the fact that you know there was a, people thinking that Freddie might get booed, and it blew his mind. You know, it didn't even cross his mind that, that could happen. You right. know, I think. I think most rational people aren't going to log on to Twitter and, and type out their opinion. opinion. You know, I think most people have more going on in their day than to log in and say, Freddie's going to get booed or I'm booing him or I'm mad at him. Yeah. Um, I, there's plenty of rational, good quality fans on Twitter too. But um, I just, I don't think it's a good gauge to use for um, where fans are at. Cause I think the majority are going to stand up and cheer for him. Cause he was, yeah. He's one of the best Braves. You know, I mean, he, he was great. He was class act for 10 years. 
Yeah, there's no doubt. And, and, and Twitter has rightfully so a reputation as the negative uh, social yeah. media platform more than any others. And, and most social media platforms are, tend to be negative, but um, it's not, I don't think it's hyperbole or overstating at all to say Freddie Freeman was the best Braves position player since the Jones, since the Jones yes. boys. There's no doubt about that. I mean, BMAC was great. He's right there. I mean, BMAC did something no other uh, Braves position player had ever done with the, uh, uh, with the Silver Sluggers in like his first five years, couple all-star teams. So BMAC is uh, right there behind him, but he wasn't here uh, quite as long and didn't win an MVP. And didn't win a World Series. Didn't win a World Series, exactly. So uh, to me, it's Freddie Freeman is right up there behind, you know, the, the all-time brace position player since the team moved to Atlanta. Yeah. Hank, of course, even though it was the second half of the last third of his career, Hank, Chipper, Andrew, Freddie. I mean, those are the guys. If you had a Mount Rushmore of Braves position players, that's going to be yeah. the four right there. Yeah, I mean. So you don't boo a guy that's on your Mount Rushmore. I don't care if it didn't end the way quite the way you hoped. And there was uh, and there was some miscommunications that shouldn't have happened between the agent and the team, first of all. And between player and Freddie and uh, has some culpability too because he should have made it a little more clear to the agent. Make sure I go back, get the best deal you can, but I do not want to leave. He should have made that a little more clear than he did. I think. Yeah, and I think people don't really understand how much communication a player has with an agent. Um, I mean, I would, I was a free agent a few times, three or four, and there'd be a month would go by I wouldn't even talk to my agent. My agent called me when a deal was on the table. And it was yeah. yes or no. So, you know, a majority of the stuff that happened behind the scenes and, and the communication could have just been Freddie's agent and the team going back and forth. And, you know, you're not getting a daily update of here's what they're saying right. today. And then the next day, well, they came up a million dollars. Do you still want to stay or do you want to go? Right. It's more like he's doing his job. And when he has something presentable, he presents it. So I could see a situation where Freddie never got really anything presented to him even you know, and the lockout I, and the lockout really messed things up where there wasn't all that time to go back and forth teams weren't weren't allowed to they weren't supposed to i mean technically you get in trouble for that and while i know everybody's like yeah but teams talk to players and like yeah they did but if you're the braves ever since the whole copy john hart fiasco and and the whole, all the penalties were handed down the braves have been gone out of their way to be careful about rules like that free agent rules more than anything international rules uh alex Anthopoulos has been a stickler for details well if you have a player that you have any doubt that he might end up going somewhere else if you think the last thing you want in the world is for an agent to be able to tell mlb well yeah they were contacting us during this and you know Alex has been anal about being really careful with these rules. So to me, it's not hard to believe that they really, there wasn't much communication at all between the agent and the team during that yeah. period when there wasn't supposed to be. Yeah. I mean, I think if, if you're a player, you trust your agent, you say, this is where I want to be. Get me the best deal. Make sure whatever happens, you know, the Braves have a chance to match it. I want to stay here and you leave it at that. And you, and you think it's right. pretty clear. And then in the agent's head, He's doing whatever tactics he's doing to try to get you this deal that he thinks right. you want. And all of a sudden, his tactic kind of forced the Braves' move. Backfired. And, 
Okay. It's not, you know, you can't ask the ace to sit around on, on Matt Olson, a trade right. ship like that. Exactly. So I, I think it was just an ugly situation, but there's not a single part of me that thinks that Freddie didn't want to come back. No, no doubt. And anybody that knows him knows that. And I don't care what anybody says on social media that they think they know. They don't know. We know yeah. Freddie. You know people who are best friends with Freddie are very close to that. And we know what the what the details are. Freddie wanted to come back. Yeah. <laughs> and he's never going to say, you know, that he's unhappy being out there because he's got to make the best of it. And he's head home. So he's going to be happy out there. He just would have been happier here. This is where he wanted to be. Ultimately, he might be just as happy in long term out there. This is where he wanted to be. There's no doubt about that. So, um, and regarding the agent, uh, ultimately, it's a perfect shitstorm, really, with what happened in the offseason. No with time the to lockout, With the lockout, things shutting off where they did, thinking maybe the team thought one thing, the agent thought one thing, and then at the end, the agent, like you said, using tactics that he probably thought would work because he probably thought the Braves were not prepared to move on without giving them a last a chance to match an offer. And he didn't understand Alex is not going to get caught with his pants down ever. And he knew that if he lost Freddie Freeman, he had to get Olsen. There yeah. were no other options. He had to do it. Well, the last thing they wanted was for some other team to swoop in with some great deal. And the Oakland A's are going to take that deal. If they get a team yeah. up, comes up with some prospect package, they're like, oh, shit, we can't let that go. Then, then he is stuck with having to give Freddie what whatever the agent was asking. So when he gave him that ultimatum, which is these two offers, and both of them were well beyond what the Braves were wanted to pay Freddie, yeah. that's when Alex said, "Well, I got to go to the other option." And I also, you know, I feel like Alex is just numb emotionally. You know, I mean, I know he he cares about his play, but when it comes to making decisions, right, business, I, I think he just had his number that they thought Freddie was worth. You know, so yep. maybe some of the blame falls on that, but he's sticking to it. And he, he yep. had his number that he thought he was worth and, and they weren't budging. When they realized that Freddie wasn't going to sign for what they thought they he was worth to them. Yeah. They just, they moved on. And, and that's kind of why, you know, if there'd been a full off season to communicate everything and right. Freddie, even for Freddie to shop around, because I'm sure in a normal off season, Maybe Freddie gets an extra 20, 30 million. And then I'm not mad at the guy for taking that. If he gets right. an extra 50 versus what right. the Braves are offering, you can't get mad at a guy for that. The only reason you could really be mad at Freddie is if the offers were the exact same and he just chose LA. Right. Right. But he chose the deal that he chose after his main suitor. Right was out of the picture. Yeah, he had no leverage left. There were not a bunch of other teams involved giving him long-term deals. And that was what he what he ultimately, his agent wanted, and him and his agent sixth wanted year. for the Braves that sixth year. Yeah. Dodgers gave that, even though in the end, with the deferred payments and all that, it's going to make less out there with the taxes and all that. But the Braves were out of the picture at that point, so it's apples and oranges. Yeah. The Braves should have, I thought, should have resigned him. We said that all along. We couldn't even, I couldn't even imagine that they wouldn't. But when it came right down to it, in a normal offseason, I think Freddie has texted with Alex like he did. Freddie texted with Alex a lot during the years together. They had a relationship. Yeah. And I think in a normal offseason, he would have texted with Alex and gone, hey, what's going on? Just so you know, this is getting kind of tense here. But he couldn't do that as a, with the rules that were in place. Alex said, would have said, I can't talk to you, man. That's and, and he was being, like I said, people might find that hard to believe, but he really is a stickler for those details as far as contact and free agents during the period when they were not allowed to. So it's just the way things happen. It was a lot of bad things conspired to make this not happen. And 
the Braves in the end, I think five years from now, they're going to be better off for the deal they got. They got they got Olsen with a really affordable for the team contract. Freddie's contract in the end would have been a high salary for a guy whose performance is going to go down at some point. But I thought you should have gave him what he you, – you should have kept him for what he's done for the organization all that. But I can't fault anybody for how this thing happened in the end. And, uh, you know, just also remember, Alex doesn't make any decisions in a vacuum. When he's looking at Freddie Freeman's contract, he's looking five years down the line, six years down the line. He's looking at all the other guys he wants to re-sign. The Austin Rileys, Dansby Swanson, if he's one of them, Max Freed. And he's looking at a payroll. He's looking at this differently than we are. He's got these salaries, these these potential salaries lined up on a board, knows what the team payroll is probably going to be in three, four years, knows that he doesn't want to give more than a certain amount to Freddie. I mean, and Alex, as much as he loved the guy, and he really does. I mean, he those tears were real. <laughs> but he's also, bottom line, the team and his job comes first. I mean, and he's not going to get caught and give a guy more than he wants to give him. Yeah, and I, I think that's all it boils down to. You know, it's not good guy, bad guy. It's just two sides that didn't agree on. I mean, how many times you see teams go to arbitration? You know, I mean, yeah. I think it's just two sides that didn't agree on a guy's value. And yeah. Freddie's obviously going to bet on himself. That's who he's always been. Um, and they didn't, you know, for whatever reason, they, they didn't want to give him a six year. And he wanted a six year. And it's just kind of a stalemate. You don't get to have a full off season, And all of a sudden, a team has to make a move. And, you know, I mean, if, if, if they stayed at their number forever and he wound up getting offered a better offer for somewhere else and said, I'm taking this or you guys got to give me this, you know, I don't, I wouldn't consider him a bad guy either. Yeah. I mean, it's just business. Yeah. Um, so speaking of Fred, he comes to town batting as usual, 303. He's got a 386 OBP. That's two points above his career OBP and a 494 slugging percentage. That's 14 points lower than his career slugging. Uh, he just had a two homer game that boosted his season total to eight homers to go with 23 doubles, two triples. He's driven in 45 runs in 68 games, has 50 strikeouts, 34 walks, 306 plate appearances. He was hitting 286 with an 813 OPS just six days ago, but well below his career OPS. But in the past six games, he went 11 for 22 with six extra base hits, including three homers and 11 RBIs. So, Look at that as you want. It looks like the Braves are getting one right when he's getting on his first real hot streak. I think he had one earlier, but this is hottest he's been in a while. Uh, if you remember, he went four for 11. He started kind of slow out there. The Braves went to town that road trip, first road trip of the season. He went four for 11 with two homers against the Braves in a three-game series out of Dodger Stadium in April. Um, and as far as truest, SunTrust, formerly known as SunTrust, 302 career average there, 396 OBP, 937 OPS in 324 games, 140 extra base hits, 70 homers in 324 games as a Brave at uh, Truist SunTrust. And this will, of course, be his first game in another uniform Yeah, at the ballpark in Cobb County. Well, I mean, you know, it's (laughs) – you look at Freddie's numbers at the end of the year, they're going to be there. It, yeah, he does. He does this every season. When he gets hot, you're not getting him out. He always goes through a couple little skids. It could happen early, middle of the season, a little late. But when you look at his numbers at the end of the year, they're always right there. So I mean, it's 
it's it sucks for the Braves that he's getting hot right now because when yeah. he gets hot, he's hot. But I'm happy for him in the sense that it would suck to come in here after all that drama batting 240. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? And and it's also good that Tim for uh, uh, Tim Matt Olson. I'm thinking of a producer who I'm getting ready to turn this over to read ads. But it's also good that Matt Olson, his replacement, has also started to hit some long balls lately because he's hit a ton of doubles. He's on like a record double pace. I mean, like a major yeah. league record double pace. But I know fans frustrated want to see some of those balls go over the fence. Some of them are starting to now. Uh, he started elevating those line drives a little bit more. And I think we're going to see a flurry of home runs from this guy. And uh, I think he's having a hell of a year. I know he's not quite the the uh, long balls that people were hoping for. But if you followed his career, you know when he gets hot, Matt Olson, he can also hit 10 homers in a month. I mean, that's, yeah. a, you know, eight, 10 homers in a month. Because uh, So I, I think both the guys are, give, are, ha- are having good. Neither one of them has been a disappointment so far for the team they went to. And I think at the end of the year, we're probably going to see the kind of production we expected from both of them. Yeah. So, Everybody's and, fine. Every, and, everything's fine for both as, sides. <laughs> and as far as clubhouse, uh, Matt Olson could not have fit yeah. better than he has in this, with this team. I mean, do the Braves miss Freddie's leadership? Probably in a way, uh, just because he was here for so long. So he had he, he, he set an example, and he's the reason, or a big reason, why the infielders play every day in Atlanta. They followed his lead. He's molded a lot of careers or helped shape a lot of careers like Dansby Swanson. I think Dansby's a great example. Austin Riley. He, you know, he he is a big reason why these guys play every day and, and hold themselves to the standard they do. So they do miss that in the clubhouse. But as far as uh, fitting in team chemistry, Matt Olson could not have fit in better than he has. So, you know, it's going to be good to see him. And like I said, I think he's going to be get a – I think he's going to get the biggest standing ovation that we've seen a player get at Truist Park since it, since the ballpark opened. I really do. And if yeah. I don't, I'll be disappointed, to be quite honest, because oh. you guys – that uh, and, and I shouldn't even say if you don't, because I, I just – I think Braves fans have treated people the way they should be treated when they return. We've seen that again and again when guys have returned. And it's a good fan base. And I think the people at the ballpark are more representative of the fan base and the people watching on TV are than the people that are on Twitter. But we'll see. I, I can't imagine him – I, I would be disappointed too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean the it's, guy's said again and again how much he loves this place. I mean, he said it out in LA when he's got nothing to gain from saying it. He keeps saying it that it's yeah. one of his favorite places on earth and blah, blah, blah. So it's not like he was a Boris guy that right. didn't sign that first team friendly deal. Right. You know, it's not like he was a super prospect, came up said, I'm going to free agency from year one and never even talked about staying. Like, he tried. And remember, they didn't make him a real offer until after the All-Star break of his free agent year. Yeah. That's highly unusual. That puts him in a tough spot. Yeah, that didn't happen with Chipper. Chipper never started a season in a free agent year without a new contract. He always did got it done in spring training. So – Remember that. There's something to be – there's definitely something to be admired about Chipper taking less – you know, his whole career. That was the other thing that fan I was talking to yeah. yesterday that I ran into was saying, you know, he, he really thought he wasn't, it's funny though, cause he wasn't mad at Freddie. He was just disappointed. It didn't work out. Right. But he was saying, you know, I thought he was going to be like a Chipper Jones and wear that same right. Jersey his whole career. And Freddie did too. Yeah. Chipper, you know, special, no doubt, leaving more on the table, but it never got to that point where he could have yeah. the Yankees could have given this offer, the Braves gifts offer. The Yankees did offer him more money from what either formal or informal. But uh, but Chipper also played 
this is where he wanted to be. He's a Southern boy. He couldn't even imagine being somewhere else as much as they love him in Yankee in, in New York. Yeah. They had that love hate relationship with him, total respect. But ultimately, Chipper wanted to be here. He wanted to keep living in the South, playing here. And he knew he, he's a smart guy. And he knew if he played his whole career here, he could live his life here afterwards. And he's going to be able to walk around and be a god here, which he is, you know. And yeah. it's different when you leave. I mean, Freddie will never have that place where he's where he's seen in a department store or in the grocery store or in a bar and revered yet, yet nobody bothers him because, you know, he's one of us, you know, it's yeah. kind of like, you know, if somebody sees a uh, big boy walking around Atlanta, yeah, he's a rap God, but he's an Atlanta guy and nobody's going to mess with it. Yeah. You know, you're treated with differently when you're somewhere you've been there your whole career and you stay there. Yeah. It's an ultimate well, respect. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's the coolest thing you can do in your career. Yeah, it is. It is. And very few people got to do it. Like Jeter did in the Yankees when, and, and Freddie's gotten to do here. So far, Trot's been able to do it with the Angels. We'll see. But it's different. It's different yeah. out there. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Speaking of players who you thought might stay in Atlanta for their entire career, I know a lot of people are hoping right now that Dansby Swanson will be a guy doing that because, man, you talk about changing the career arc and the perception of him as a player because it's done. he's done it with me. I, I have seen Dansby play his whole career since they brought him up. Um his whole major league career. And I thought Dansby is a really good, solid shortstop, borderline great defensively, might win a gold glove someday, and a serviceable offensive player who goes on streaks where he can carry a team for about a week, but then he might be a below average hitter for a month or two weeks. He has totally changed that in the last couple of months. And to me, this has gone on long enough now. This is not like one of his normal hot streaks. I think we're seeing a new Dansby, and he's figured some things out. And really, he's made me reevaluate what he is as a player because right now he's elite and he's an all-star. He should be an all-star, no doubt, this oh, year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm, you know, for me, it never – how Dansby hits, it never changes the way I view him. I just view him as a winner and a gamer and a guy that I want on my team. No no question about that. Um, it's, it's almost like when he hits, it's a bonus. You know, if, if he hits 270 with 15 homers, I want him on my, he, I want him to be my shortstop. But this but when, is a huge bonus this when year. When he's doing what he's doing <laughs> this year, I mean, it's, he's putting himself in that same category as Freddie was. You know, he's going into a free agent year with no contract. Yep. Yep. And every day closer, you let him get to free agency playing like this. I mean. And 
the way you put it, I mean, like I said, Alex is, you said, Alex is cold as far as yep. business decisions. I mean, he is a really nice guy, a great guy if you meet him. But he is cold when it comes to making business decisions. He can look one of his good friends he respects in the eye and still make a decision that is not best for that guy because he cares about the team, his job, winning now and long-term, sustainability. Having said that, the way the Freddie Freeman situation was handled, and I think the majority of fans view it as it was Freddie's agent that screwed it up or Freddie screwed it up more than they do view it at this point, the Braves screwed it up for better or worse, whether that's accurate or not. I don't think the Braves want to see a second guy in as many years, a fan favorite, because you go to the ballpark, the most jerseys are were last year, Freddie Freeman, Ronald Acuna, obviously, yeah. and Dansby Swanson. Well, one of those three guys is hooked up long-term. He's not going anywhere. But right now, I don't think the Braves want to see a second one of those fan favorites from the past five years. And Dansby was a fan favorite even when he was doing what you said, you know, which was playing – was a winning player, but not a, a steady offensive player. Well, now he's a damn good offensive player. Uh, PR wise, I don't think the Braves want that hit as far as letting Dansby go. As if it looks like they could have signed him, he goes somewhere else to a very affordable, team friendly, or or even a, even a fair contract. I think the fair. Braves fans are going to look at that. That was a fair deal if he goes somewhere for you know twenty million a year or whatever. And so the Braves could have kept him. He's worth that. Well, I, and that's that's just kind of how I look at it. Is I just the, the Freddie thing. I think AA had his number. Freddie had his, and they just weren't. Neither side was budging. And I don't I don't know where Dansby's numbers are at, but I can tell you this: when you watch a guy develop, you know, especially offensively, you're still you know when you've watched him every day for years, you still have, like you said, his get cold for a month. Yeah. Other teams around the league. They watched him win a World Series and hit like this. Yeah, they're all everybody's drooling over this guy right yeah. now, and I'll and that's what kind of changes it is your perspective. It's same thing with prospects and everything. Your perspective of having the guy and watching everything he's been through and knowing him in and out, you don't give him as much credit for what he's turned it into. You know, you're, you're looking at who he's been, but I, I promise you, other teams are looking at him right now. They've already admired him for how he plays, how he runs yeah. the bases, how he plays defense, the passion he has. And now they're like, oh, what if he hits like this for us? Yeah. You know, so there's going to be a lot of teams interested. And all it takes is one team, as we know. One team yep. says, one team, like the Twins with Correa. We're like going, who's yep. going to sign Correa if it's not the Astros? Look, what took one team to give him a deal with a lot of creativity? Yep. Dansby, like you said, people saw him in the postseason. They saw him hit that home run in Houston. They've seen him this year, hot as hell. They know how fan-friendly he is, you know. You know his reputation. They know what he did at Vanderbilt. He's viewed as a winner for a reason. Yep. Not many guys have won a College World Series where they were the MVP of the College World Series and won a reg a real World Series. And he was a integral part of that win winning that World Series. So, yeah, being that close to a player can help or hinder. You know, it, it, you can be too close to a player as a team, know yeah. too much, or view him differently than others do. So, That's or if you're or if you're Alex, you might view him as because Alex has always told me on and off the record, Dansby is a winning player. Yep. You know, they view him as a winner. So, and I know how Wash feels about him. You know, he knows how even when even when he slumped, they know what else he brings to the clubhouse. God, we've we've heard uh, Snit talk about him. 
Snit doesn't care if he does nothing at the plate for a month. He knows yep. what he brings. He never lets it affect his defense. And Snit's called him the most mentally tough player he's ever had. Yeah. I mean, so, that's that's the way I view him. So <laughs> if you're not going to resign, you better have a guy ready that you can do like you did with that Matt Olson. And I don't know and, if there's a guy like that out there. Right. To at least get you to Grissom, who is a stud prospect, but it's probably two years away. I mean, yeah. it's a stud. There's no doubt. So I don't know. It's no, there's no easy solution there as far as, uh, as far as Dansby. Um, but I think uh, you better have somebody you can, you can, <laughs> that can fill his shoes. If you're not going to resign him, man, yeah, it should have done this before. Now you could have got him a hell of a lot cheaper. Yeah. So, but uh, anyway, speaking of Dansby, the numbers he's putting up right now, dude, are just blowing me away. I just went through it this morning. Okay. He's ninth in the NL in batting average, 302. One point behind Freddie Freeman, by the way. He's tied for ninth in total bases with 131. One total base behind Freddie and behind Nolan Arenado. He is 11th in OBP at 368. Get this, one spot behind Juan Soto. He's got, he's got a better uh, ahead of Juan Soto. I'm sorry, he's got a better OBP than Juan Soto. Yeah, Mister OBP. He is tied. Dansby is tied for 11th with Kyle Schwarber in slugging percentage at 500. He's ninth in OPS at 868, ahead of Nolan Arenado at 865. That's and the the, the three that are directly ahead of him in OPS: Mookie Betts 884, Freddie. 880 Wilson Contreras of the Cubs 875. I mean that's the company he's keeping offensively right now. Oh yeah, I mean he's he's having a huge year. And, and that's after that terrible start. Yep. It's amazing. It's the thing with him that that always surprises me is cuz he's not a big guy, the power he's able to generate. Yeah. The the homer he hit yesterday, opposite power. I mean, yeah, opposite field power. He can pull the ball. I'm you know, he's always best when he's shooting the ball to right center, at least threatening to do that and then picking his pitches. But he's for me, I mean, I, like I said, I think teams would be drooling over him if he wasn't doing this, if he was just having a regular offensive season. And now he's doing I mean, he's keeping some crazy company. Uh, he is 11th in the majors and fifth in the NL in war. Yeah. 3.2. That's one spot behind Xander Bogarts. I mean, one spot ahead of Xander Bogarts, who's 3.1. One spot behind Jose Ramirez, 3.3. But Dan's got 3.2 among shortstops. He is first. Yeah. He leads all, all major league shortstops in innings played at 6.33. And this is a big one, too, because he posts all the time. 6.33. No other shortstop has played 600 innings. He plays every day. Every day. All the whole game. He leads MLB shortstops in fielding percentage for those who go back to the traditional stats, 983, and assists, 189. Leads NL shortstops in double plays with 40. Okay, and then, again, when you consider how he started, that's what makes this so amazing. He hit 180 with a 532 OPS in his first 18 games. Had no homers, four RBIs, six walks, 27 strikeouts and 67 plate appearances. 61 at-bats in that span. He was striking out almost every other at-bat. Led the majors in strikeouts after 18 games. Again, no homers, 27 strikeouts, and a 532 OPS and 61 ABs in his first 18 games. 
53 games since then. He's hit 338, 402 OBP, 12 homers. How many games? 53 games. 37 yeah. RBIs, 567 slugging, a 969 OPS in 53 games with 50 strikeouts and 224 PAs. Still a lot of strikeouts, but nowhere near what he was doing. And it gets even better. The last 30 games, Dansby has hit 385, seven homers, five stolen bases, 22 RBIs, a 444 OBP in 30 games, 615 slugging, 1,059 OPS in 30 games, 11 walks, 23 strikeouts, and 135 plate appearances. Strikeouts are going down. Everything else is going up. Atlanta in those 30 games, 22 and 8. Lost yeah. the first one. They're 22 and 7 in the last 29 of those games. And he plays every day, every game. Uh, you know, I think like two weeks, I'll call it a hot streak, 10 days, two weeks. Right. You start creeping into three weeks, a month. You're talking about 53 games. Yeah. That's that's not a hot streak. <laughs> yeah. That's figuring things out. Yeah. I mean, he can he can afford a two-week slump now. And yeah, exactly. Still be up above, you know. I mean, he's still in the green. Yeah, his last 13 games, he's hit 396 with six homers, 13 runs, 14 RBIs, and a 1241 OPS in his last 13 games. He's raking. He's raking. Like never before. He's been yeah. hot before, but never like for more than a couple of weeks. This is, uh, he's on fire and has been now for a couple of months. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pitching matchups, man, it ain't going to be easy. Braves coming off a really impressive three, three. That series against the Giants, man. Yeah, that's those a good were team. Some, those were some impressive wins. Coming back, two walk-offs. Um, the only one they lost was the one that Strider had his worst game of his young career. Yeah. They won the other games against some good pitchers, against including Logan Webb. So they went three out of four against a real good Giants team. So everybody that had poo-pooed the Braves' long streak against bad teams, well, the Giants are a good, damn good team. So, No, it wouldn't have mattered who they were playing during that streak. And that, yeah. that's kind of what should give you confidence about this team is when they're on, they win a World Series. You know, like they're, they're that good when they're on. They, they just were off, you know, a lot this season early on. Nothing was going their way. But when they're, when they're playing like this and you, you can poo-poo it, whoever they're beating – but when they're playing like this, they're beating anybody. Yeah. Pitching matchups for this Dodgers series. It don't get much easier. You got Ian Anderson, who's not been as good at home as on the road, going tonight against Julio Urias, who is four and six, but has a two five six ERA. The lefty. Game two, Saturday, you got Max Freed going against uh this one of the fill-ins because they got a lot of injuries. Andrew Heaney, who's one and oh, oh five nine ERA, another lefty. The series finale on the, uh, the Saturday night games on Fox, by the way, and the Sunday night series finale went and moved to the night game because it's on ESPN. Strider coming off that worst start of his young career, going against Tony Gonsolin, who is the Cy Young winner right now. If they give out the award, been the best pitcher. Cat boy. Yeah, he's been amazing this he's year. He's been locked in this year. 
nine and oh one five eight ERA. That's Sunday night on ESPN. Tony Gonsolin, yeah. Majors leading 158 ERA and the Majors leading 0.82 whip in 13 starts. If you're looking for a positive at all from the Braves perspective, he's only averaged a little over five innings to start, so they can't get to the bullpen with him. That's not necessarily a great thing with the Dodgers bullpen, but um, I'm looking for Strider to come back I, I off that bad start. I think you'll have a good one. I think you probably he's a smart guy who learns off his off his rough outings and. Uh, he just didn't have it the other night. The velo was down a couple of miles an hour coming off that previous start where he went 102 pitches career high and threw 31 of them at 99 or higher, including like six at 100 or seven at 100 or higher. This time he topped out at 98.8. Well, and you, you hear pitchers talk about that all the time is, you know, what makes you a great pitcher isn't what you do when you have your best stuff. Right. You know, and this this will just be something for him to learn. You know, it makes perfect sense off a career high. Everything feels the same. It's just not there. You know, right. I mean, it's just not quite there. And the the tendency for a lot of guys, and I'm sure for him, you know, I'm sure he peeks up at the gun once in a while. He throws one and it feels good and says 96. Yeah. Then you start overthrowing. You start trying to do more. And the other thing that happens when your arm's a little tired, it's not always velocity. It's location. And the, the yep. thing he does best for me that – you know, I could never do in my career, mainly because we didn't work on it. And guys work on this now is he locates high fastball strikes. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't see him having that last time. I knew he was in trouble when he threw about a 40 foot change up, you know, that that's telling me his feel was just off, but those are the type of things that go when your arms a little tired, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to sync up. So things don't just fire at the same rate and you have to slow down and do less, learn how to pitch with less stuff. But, you know, he's a. This is his first year starting in the majors. He's going to have some starts yeah. like this. Yeah. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt my confidence in him at all. Right. Right. I mean, it, it, he'd be an android if he didn't have a bad start. I mean, he moved from the rota- he moved from the bullpen to the rotation, and by that point, he was not stretched out anymore. Really. I mean, it had been two months since spring yeah. training, and he's gotten stretched out in the rotation, which is hard to do in the middle of a season. Your first season in the major leagues. So, yeah, I think it was we 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 started looking at him as some kind of super freak, you know, super vegan. And, uh, (laughs) and so he's going to have a a, a start where he he got hit around a little bit, you know, we just didn't have the stuff that he'd had, you know, topping out at when he's sitting at 99, a hundred, he can't do that every time when you're, you know, guy in your first, first major league season, three years after Tommy John after pitching in the pen. So yeah, we'll see. This could be, it's going to be interesting to see how he bounces back against a really, really good Dodgers lineup. Well, that's Braves, what makes it tough, too, is because he could throw the yeah, ball well against yeah. this team. Yeah. And he could have been – he could be absolutely rolling and still have a bad start against this team. This is the toughest – for me, the toughest lineup you're going to face because of their patience. Yeah. And the way they seem to attack as a team. Kind of like that old Phillies lineup used to. You know, you felt like the whole team had the same game plan against you. It was trying to figure you out and working together. There wasn't a random dude coming up, swinging, hitting, you know – first pitch double play that that kind of gets you back on your feet this team grinds so he's gonna have to locate and make him swing the bats yeah kind of like facing a Braves lineup right now yeah um there are there are facing two lefties the Braves have played really well against lefties this year so that if if, if you're like that kind of stat but uh um and then the other one the other guy I wanted to talk about of course we've talked about him a lot but you can't say enough about this kid right now Michael Harris 
the at bats he's putting in, he's he you know he's striking out some, but these at bats he's having, these professional IBs going the other way is really really continues to impress me. Now teams are getting have a scouting report on him. They know what he's about, and he's still getting some big hits and some big spots against some really good pitchers. Uh, I was looking at it among MLB rookies with at least 30 ABs. He leads the majors with a 330 batting average. He's second with an 896 OPS after going one for nine in his first three games. He's hit 354 with a 969 OPS in his last 22 games. Played every game in that stretch. He's 29 for 82, six doubles, two triples, three homers, 14 ribbies, 15 runs, and two steals, hitting that ninth spot in the order. He's totally, I mean, he's made, he's helped them transform that lineup, hitting ninth in the order. Really helped a lot when Acuna struggled a little bit lately, too, having that guy ninth who's effectively another leadoff guy. Yeah. I mean, you got one and two guys, you got a chance to have him speed on the bases, you know, for the middle of your order. And then Dan's uh, be coming up. Yeah. For me, I, I just can't find anything not to like, you know, I mean, if he came up and he was hitting 270, I'd be talking about signing this guy long term just because of his defense. Yeah. But the way he's swinging the bat, I mean, it's, I didn't know a ton about him. I'd heard you talk about him, but I'm always skeptical until somebody hits big league pitching. But he's raking big league pitching. He's not yeah. just holding his own. I mean, he's, yeah. he's doing better than I think anybody could have expected. Yeah. So in that 22 game stretch in which he's hit 354 with a 969 OPS, Braves are 18 and four. I was, I was, I wanted to know what their record was since he got called up. I know he got called up right before that hot streak, but I feel right. like he made a big difference. Yeah, Dansby said the same thing. He said, "There's no, there's no doubt. It's not a coincidence." He goes, "He's made us so much better." Yeah. I mean, just the defense. He's he's won a couple of games probably with his defense. Her cup close, you know. The thing that's so he's, hard to gauge about defense too is maybe he catches a ball. You're down three runs. Maybe he catches a ball in the gap that shouldn't have been caught, and there's one yep. out. Now there's two. You know, it it winds up being a, a just a just a good play. But if he doesn't make it, it turns into a three spot. Now you're down six. You know, every yep. play counts so much on defense, and there's no way to really measure that butterfly effect. That's one of the hardest things for me to accept about advanced stats. Yeah, is and and it's not that they they don't understand that, but you just can't measure it. What happens if you have to get deeper into your bullpen because he didn't catch that ball? The starter has to throw an extra 10, 15 pitches in an inning and doesn't give up a run, but he comes out in fifth. You know, I don't yeah. think they measure the fact that you had to bring Chavez in for absolutely a, in a tough spot and and he winds up, you know, having to be in an off day. Or even he's he does great and he's not available tomorrow. Like all these effects of every single out in the baseball game are huge. And Harris has been catching everything in the outfield. Yeah, somebody just pointed out, I don't know if it was on YouTube or Twitter. But the, I, I've been seeing these. I don't know what, what they are. Yeah, but I liked it. Somebody pointed out, and he's right. So the Braves get so much credit for developing pitchers, and 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 a lot of people have been have criticized them for not developing position players. But if you look at the last few years, Alex Ozzie has brought in a few, a few different minor league guys. They've kept some of the old ones, but they've got a really good minor league development staff now in place. And you look at the guys they've developed. Austin Riley, yep. Acuna was going to be great wherever he was. Yeah. Ozzy, Dansby. Yep. Uh, but you look at Contreras and now Michael Harris. Those guys came up in the system, man. Yeah. And they are as good a young hitters as there are in the league. You look at Contreras, man. He's like he's like he, 
it, it ascended it, where he's now looks like the catcher of the future here. You're going to have a bunch of homegrown position players like Michael yeah. Harris and Contreras and Ozzy. I know they got Dansby from Arizona, but he really developed, you know, finished minor league career with the Braves. Plays whole career. They're going to have a lot of position guys who are really good ones. So you got to give credit for for developing the position guys that they have. Not yeah. everyone's going to develop. Drew Waters hasn't developed yet the way you'd hoped he would, but you can't do it with every guy. But that's a lot of guys. And Langoliers, you know, he could end up being a, a stud catcher with the A's. And then so, you hand them off to Seitzer, yeah, Ron Washington. I mean, you, you get them all ready, and then when they need to make that last adjustment, they're in the best hands possible. You know, I mean, yeah, Seitzer didn't either. hesitate. When, when Harris came up, he saw something right away. And like a good coach, he, he let him try it for a few games. Yeah. Confirmed brought, it, changed it, and look at what the guy's doing. They brought Greg Walker back in the minor league system this year. Uh, I think he's been a big help. He's a roving guy. So they got a lot of guys that are with experience that are helping these guys. Yeah, walks the, great. Yeah. So anyway, all right, big series against the Dodgers. Everybody's been waiting for this. It's gonna be some, it's gonna be packed house every night, obviously. And uh, it's gonna be fun, man. But so far. So far, good homestand for the Braves, taking three out of four from the Giants. They're just looking to win series. They just want to win two out of three from the Dodgers, and that would be that'd be mighty good. But uh, it's not going to be easy. Damn good team, good pitching matchups. And welcome at home, Freddie. So, He's going to be, what, the second batter of the game? I think so, yeah. So, And then after this, after this three games, I'll have a day off, and then they go play at uh, Philly. And that's going to be big, too, man, the way the Phillies have been playing. Yeah. yeah Phillies, have been, Phillies have been as hot as the Braves are really close for the last three weeks. Well, and it's, you know, it's tough if you're the Mets and they've been playing yeah. well. And you got, what, one of the more frustrating things is is playing really well, battling and winning games, and you can't shake these guys behind and, you. And your lead has been trimmed by two teams yeah. during a stretch yeah. where the Mets have played well, like you said. Yeah. And the Phillies, since the managerial change, have really been a different team. So we'll see if they can keep it up. But. So the Braves go there for three, and then they go to uh, Cincinnati. So they need to get through this weekend, and they got some winnable games, big series in Philly, and then winnable games in Cincy, obviously. So, all right, but right now it's the Dodgers and Freddie Freeman. Big night. An ovation. All right, seven fifty-five is real. Thanks, everybody. Give us good uh, marks on the on the rating machine there, or whatever you do. Rob, thanks. Mm-hmm.